Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we just thank you for this time. So open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, Lord. Thank you for bathing in the grace of God, the chesed, the chen, the chesed, the grace and mercy and loving kindness of you, Lord, today. And we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word now in Yeshua's name. Gal enai ba'avitani for Torah In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Uh, look with and over in Exodus chapter 7, 6 and 7, if you would. Well, my topic today is uh, the hardening of the heart, because we're in the parasha of Exodus where Pharaoh hardens his heart to Moses, to really to God, not to Moses, well, to Moses and God, Moses as God's messenger. And so I'd like to talk about that subject, the hardening of the heart. Is my heart, is your heart, is my heart getting softer or is it getting harder? It's such an important subject. Is your heart today, is my heart, is it getting softer or is it getting harder? We want it to get which? Which? Softer, right? We always want it to be getting softer. In Parsha Vaera, this Parsha, it's Exodus 6 through 9, we have the entrance of the seven, seven of the ten plagues which aim to entirely disrupt and cripple the Egyptian ecosystem and economy. The Bible uh, nowhere states the number, you know, nowhere says 10 plagues, but we know that, um, <clears throat> that they are, there were 10. They are woven into three triads, each with a consistent pattern. And of course, every Pesach, every Passover Seder, we go through the 10 plagues. You know, you, you remember them so well. And growing up as children, it's why it's so important. Um, and and there's, there's a consistent pattern followed of these plagues, but followed by the capstone 10th plague, each triad are preceded by warnings to Pharaoh, while the third is not. Now, God is gracious, and he's patient, and he gives us chances to repent, but there's always a limit. There is always a limit, a deadline. Now, the first nine of the plagues resemble calamities known within nature, um, but being announced and prophesied, they're, they're removed by Moses, and, and, and it shows that they're brought by God's power for a purpose, for a purpose. Look with me in Exodus 6. We see Moses raises three objections to God when he's summoned to go. And, and these objections that are basically this. That number one, the children of Israel won't listen. He says, they're not going to listen to me. My people, the Hebrews, won't listen to me. Number two, he says, Pharaoh won't listen to me. And it's interesting, in this, in this parsha, God says, they're going to know 
the Egyptians are going to know that I'm the Lord. And he says in another place that the children of Israel are going to know that I'm the Lord. That's God's heart, that his people, Jew and Gentile, Israel and the nations all come to know the Lord, right? All know that he is the Lord, that Yeshua is the Lord. And then the third objection Moses raises is, I have a speech impediment, which talked about a little last week. And uh, God uses always the, those that are not necessarily ready or, well, or, or the, those that don't feel equipped. And in Exodus 6, 12, and 30, he says, I have uncircumcised lips, literally foreskin lips, impeded or impeded lips. Now, think about it. The prophet Isaiah, when he was charged with his mission, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, Isaiah 6, 5. Jeremiah said, I cannot speak when God called him. He said, I can't speak. I'm just a child, Jeremiah 1, 6. David, Israel's greatest king, said, who am I? Who am I, Lord? I'm and he sat before the Lord. It's such a beautiful picture in 2 Samuel 7. He sat and said, who am I that you should call me? God says in actually the end of Psalm 78, he called him from following the sheep. He was literally following, taking the, following the flock and God called him. Gideon, when he was called, he sputtered these words. He said, oh my Lord, if Adonai is with us, then why? Where are all his wonders? But now Adonai has abandoned us. And he says, me, you're calling me? With what would I deliver Israel? I can't do it. Look, my family is the poorest in all of Israel. And I am the least. Sound reminds us of Paul. He says, I'm the least, less than the least of all the saints. And you called me in Ephesians 3.8. Elijah, that's in Judges 6. Elijah was scared of Jezebel. And he ran away. Jonah tried to escape. Esther Basically, I like to phrase it this way, you know. She says, I'd like to help. However, her first response was not the right one. She didn't, wasn't ready to do it. Mordecai had to, you know, get some, knock some sense into her. Not knock some sense into her, but he had to say some things that would make her realize, hey, if you, you don't do it, God's going to raise up someone else, right? But God wants to use you. And then she, she thank God, she turned, had a complete turnaround. Why? Because her heart was not hard. Her heart was softened enough to God to respond. Adonai told Gideon, who was a really a peasant at the threshing wheat, who was a nobody, so to speak, he said, Adonai is with you, O mighty man of valor. God says, you're a mighty man of valor. God says, I see, God sees us not as what we, what we think we are or people think we are, but as he sees us. He says, have not I sent you? To Gideon, he says, surely I will be with you in Judges chapter 6. And then he really made him a general to win, to fight in the army. It says in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that we are competent in ourselves to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our competence, our sufficiency is from God. He has made us sufficient. He's made us competent. Never forget that. Paul says, faithful is the one who calls you. He also will do it. He will do it, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Or 2 Timothy 1, 9, he saved us and he's called us with a holy calling, not according to our deeds, not according to our deeds, but because of his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Messiah Yeshua before time began. 
So God's call isn't based upon your ability or performance, but it's based upon his grace, his purpose, always. Now, Moses is going to go to Pharaoh, and yet Pharaoh is going to have opportunity to respond one way or another. Let me ask a question. Have you ever had a callus on a part of your body? A callus? How many have had a callus on a part of your body? Oh, gosh, almost everyone. All right? Maybe it's on your finger. I just was playing with someone yesterday. He had a big, he's a, he was a phenomenal racquetball, top racquetball player, and he's, now he's a phenomenal pickleball player. But he has a problem with a big callus, you know? And it's on his finger. But maybe it's on your toe, or maybe it's on the palm of your hand, or on the sole of your foot. And with the callus, that you're now that part of your body that, where the callus is no longer sensitive to the touch. It no longer feels anything anymore. Well, imagine if the heart becomes calloused. It's no longer sensitive to touch. It doesn't feel anything anymore. And the Bible calls this the hardening of the heart. A person whose heart is calloused is cruel and no longer cares for others the way they used to. Or for the things of God the way they used to. The Bible. They no longer have the same feeling toward the Bible the way they used to or love it the way they used to. Or prayer the way they used to. I remember, I know people that became, started to lean, go in a different direction in their faith and every prayer became just liturgical just, just uh, mechanical, a prayer that was formal, I should say, and not from the heart any longer. And their heart started to get cold. And I said, that's just scary. It's scary. I saw it, I saw it go down, go down a, a path. Prayer, no longer sensitive to the touch. Worship, and same kind of people, so they stopped worshiping. They wouldn't raise their hands. They said, oh, that's for those, those people who are silly that do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't pray. I don't worship that way. I don't sing that way anymore. Or fellowship. I don't really need others. I can do it my, or I do it my own way. I'll do it. Or missions. They no longer care about missions. They lost their heart for the lost. They don't care about people because maybe, I don't know, maybe they don't believe that anymore. Imagine if God's heart was calloused. If God's heart was calloused, he couldn't hear our cries or feel our pain, or care about our concerns. King David had a heart like God's. Did you know that? According to the Scriptures, 1 Samuel 13, 14, God says, it says, the prophet Samuel said, Adonai has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Hebrew reads, Ish kilvavo. It's like my heart. He has a heart, David has a heart that's like mine. It's like my heart, King David. But the sun can harden the soil, right? And it can cause drought. Or the sun can make vegetation grow. Rain can cause floods. Or rain can cause new life and growth. What will my response be to the word of God? It can be one or the other. It can have Opposite effect, one or the opposite effect. Pride becomes harder as a result of trials. But humility becomes softer 
through trials. Aging and physical challenges can make one bitter or it can make one better. You can become, and I can become, sweeter, or I, you and I can become, this is, I don't know if this is the right word, sourer. Is that a word? <laughs> I can become more bitter, I can become sweeter rather, or I can become sourer. You'll remember it this way anyway. <laughs> someone, someone that others gravitate towards, or someone that others desire to avoid. Oh, I don't want to be around that person. Listen to Exodus chapter 7, or read it with me if you want. Exodus 3, I'm going to read several verses about this where Pharaoh, what his response. Chapter 7, 3, and 13 and 14. He says, God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. 7, 3. And he said it also in 421. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, verse 13. And he did not listen to them as Adonai had said. So Adonai said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. That's verse 14. 8, 15, and 8, 15, 28, 31, 32. When Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them. As Adonai had said, intercede for me, he, he prayed. He told Moses, intercede for me, he said. And God removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, one of the plagues, from his servants and from his people. Not one remained, but Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. So remember, he said, I'll let them go. And then he changed his mind, said, no, after God answered the prayer. Chapter 9, verse 12 and 35. But Adonai hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them. Just as Adonai had spoken to Moses, so the heart of Pharaoh was hard, neither would he let the children of Israel go, as Adonai had spoken to Moses. That's 9, 12, and 35. So the hardening of the heart, how does it happen? And is there a remedy for it? And did, did Pharaoh harden his heart, or did God harden Pharaoh's heart? The answer is yes. Nineteen times it says, that his heart was hardened. I will harden his heart. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He hardened his heart. It's a mixture. And the easy way to explain it would be to say that he hardened his heart and God reciprocated and hardened his heart. But both, but more times it says that God hardened his heart. Obviously, he chose to do it. God knew his, what his response would be. Every time he heard, he made the decision. Well, there's two words for it. There's actually three words for it. I have them for you. Chazak is the first one. And let's say that one. There we go. Okay, Chazak. Let's say Chazak. And that means to be strong or firm or strengthened. In this case, in resisting God. Rebellious. And then kavad, let's say kavad, these are the roots, kavad, or kavod, or kavod, you know, heavy, weighted, settled, stubborn, in this case, stubborn, in this case, stubborn, removed, uh, unmoved, rather, and immovable. And then there's another one, kashe, that's only used once of this, uh, those 19 times, kashe, hardened. 
That's hard, you know. It's modern Hebrew used. But chazak is used the most. Strength. Pharaoh, but Pharaoh, but the other, those two, Kevet, he made his heart heavy. In other words, less subtle and soft by turning away from Moses' call and the suffering of the Israelites. The hardening of the heart, it's a scary thing. It becomes harder and harder until it's impervious to truth. It's no longer sensitive. It's unable to be penetrated. It's unaffected by love. Isn't that scary when someone's unaffected by love? Say, I love you. Doesn't it doesn't even penetrate because the hearts become hard. Second Thessalonians 2, 11 and 10, and 10, I'm going backwards with it, but 11 and 10, it says, God sends them strong delusion to believe a lie because they did not receive the love, and it's the word agape there in the Greek, of the four, it's four Greek words for love. And this one, agape, the strongest one, the love of the truth. Supernatural energy from God or Satan causing one to wander from the right path and trust falsehood. Demonic deception, but God allowing it at the hand of God. God using Satan for his purposes, as he always does, ultimately. And that's what happens. Now, the heart can be hardened. It can become hardened, as I said, to things like a burden for souls, the need for the gospel message. Someone no longer has a burden for souls, and they once cared, wanted to see other people come to know the Lord and faith, and now they no longer care about that. They used to pray for people, and now they don't. The heart can be to the gifts of the Spirit. They used to believe in healing and the supernatural. Now they no longer believe it anymore, and they no longer pray to think that way. Or to the spontaneous, spirit-filled and spirit-directed prayer. Worship and extemporaneous praying. praying. You know, the Psalms, think about it, were once not formal. They were extemporaneous. When David wrote those Psalms, he wrote them from his heart and his mind. He wrote them. They were living and they were active and they were were new. And we formalize everything. And and I believe in, I love memorizing psalms, and I love putting them, and I think we should put them all to music more than we ever have before. We can, we can pray from our hearts as well, and we can pray spontaneously. We can pray both. Both are good. Both are wonderful. But a person can become hardened to the openness of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. They can be hardened to the simplicity and the purity of the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God, and they become they become hardened to it. And so they say, I already know that. Oh, I already know that. They hear the Bible. It doesn't affect them. No, I already know that. No, you don't. No, you don't. The sword of the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit work together. Ephesians six seventeen. the sword, it's the sword of the Spirit. The Word gives life. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and life, Yeshua said. John six sixty three. We don't want our hearts to become hardened. A person can become hardened to... Love and humility. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Knowledge puffs up. 1 Corinthians 8, 2. Love builds up. God brings difficulty. It might, God brings difficulty. It might be in the form of pain. 
It might be damage or ruin. It might even be financial ruin. It might be any kind of ruin. Or it might be illness. God brings, allows an illness. Yes, he said the, the devil did it. Yes, but he uses the devil. And so what happens? So we go, when God does this, we go to God. A person goes to God. We ask for prayer. And so God answers and removes the difficulty. God answers, supernatural, an answer comes. And then the person, we or the person, goes back to life as normal without acknowledging the Lord. This is what Pharaoh did. He went right back to the way things were normal. And he said, ah, forget about God. No, I'm not letting the people go. No. And isn't that what people do? It's horrible. It's sad. But I prayed for you. That's why God did did that. That's why God intervened. And God doesn't mind doing it. And and sometimes that's part of it, you know, that it's just going to happen a bunch of times. But we don't want our hearts to get hardened. How quickly we forget. We turn to God when things are bad and then away from him when things, when all is well. And that's what Pharaoh did. My heart can become hardened when I'm corrected or reproved by God or by another person. I get hardened. Or when I'm frustrated and person's not coming through the way I want them to or God isn't for me. Or when I'm disappointed. Or when I'm devastated. And my heart can become hardened. David's heart could have become hard. Think about it. When he was pursued by King Saul. Or when, and, or when he was betrayed by his son, his own son Absalom. But it didn't. Uh, Naomi's heart couldn't have become hard. It could have become hard. She went through a big struggle. She went through a big struggle. And, and I think Ruth was God's agent of grace in her life to keep her. Ruth was grace in her life to keep her from becoming hardened. Joseph's heart. Joseph, his brothers betrayed him and sold him. And, God, and it seemed like God forsook him in prison. It seemed like everything. Well, how could God do this to him? But his heart remained soft didn't get hard. Paul abandoned so often everything that he went through in prison and in and out and all the things that all the stuff he went through. They each kept their hearts soft and responsive to God, sensitive to his touch. Don't get seduced, sadly, by and become self-reliant and arrogant. That's what apostasy is, apostasy which Jonathan, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn warns about in this time that's happening, and falling away, the falling away. Remain, guard your heart, and give God, your Father, your heart. Fear the Lord. Don't harden your heart. Pray to him about everything, and his peace will guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, let me give you a few verses and finish. Above all else, guard your heart, it says, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart, nitzor levavcha. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. 28, 14 of Proverbs. Happy, ashri, means striding forward, is the man who always, is always reverent, But he who hardens his heart will fall into evil. And let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious for nothing, but 
with, and everything with prayer and supplication, with petition, let your requests be made known unto God. And what will happen? The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind through the Messiah Yeshua in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. God will never reject a broken and a contrite heart. Never. Never in Psalm 51, 17. Pliable, tender, teachable, receptive, open, adaptable, repentant. All Scripture is breathed and useful for teaching, reproof, restoration. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Word of God will help keep my heart broken and contrite. The opposite of hardening is softening. The remedy to hardening because of pride and stubbornness is softening through humility and repentance. And James says it this way, Yaakov, James, in 4, 6, and, verses 6 through 8, he says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. Therefore, submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. As we pray for those who are, when we see that someone is getting harder to the things of God, we pray God will bring difficulties into their lives and in that hope that they will soften and turn to him. That's what he'll do. And what will keep the heart from hardening and from being calloused and weighed down? What will do it? Well, Ephesians 3, verses 17 through 19 says this, So that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith, I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to grasp with all the kiddushim what is the width and length and height and depth to know the love of the Messiah which surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. Messiah dwelling in my heart through faith, rooted and grounded in his love with all the saints. We can't do it ourselves. We can't do it ourselves. Romans 5.5 says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Fellowship, we need one another. We need community and fellowship like never before. We, need to re- we receive the word with meekness in James 1.21. We need to hear his voice, praying with others, not just by myself. I need to pray by myself. Absolutely, that's so important. My own time with the Lord, but praying with others and praying for others sharing my faith, sharing my testimony. Be teachable, be correctable. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you will keep our hearts, Lord. Keep, guard our hearts. Keep our hearts and guard them, Lord. Protect us, Lord, from a hardening, our hearts hardening in any way, Lord God. If our hearts have started to get hard, we ask you, oh God, that you would reverse that process and keep our hearts pliable and tender. Lord, we don't want a callus growing over our heart. Oh, God, we want our hearts so sensitive to your touch, Lord, that we hear your voice and respond. Yes, respond to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, oh, God. And we pray, Lord. So we pray for our hearts. We pray for anyone else we know, Lord, who's maybe become cold and heart, our heart's gotten cold and to, the, to the things of your things, to, to you, Lord. We don't know why it's happened, Lord. Maybe it's been real disappointment. Maybe it's been frustration. Maybe it's been pain, and they felt turned the wrong way instead of the right way. Lord, 
We pray the love of the Messiah would break through, Lord God. We pray the love of the Messiah, the word of God and the love of the Messiah would break through, Lord, to turn them around, to, to bring them to break through, Lord, to bring, make a breakthrough, Lord, and that heart would get softer to you. Let's stand and just pray that, be praying that. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. If you've never trusted Yeshua and given your heart to the Lord, God says, my son, my daughter, give me your heart. Give me your heart. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. Come to know me. Trust me, I've paid for your sins. Come to Yeshua. Come to God, your Father. He wants to be everything to you. Father, mother, everything. He, God is everything to us. Brother, everything. Thank you, Lord. And you're trusting Yeshua to come into your life. Yeshua, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sins. God, I ask you for, for salvation. And if you're praying that, and the folks would come here to be praying with you right after it would come up, please, the, There'll be, there'll be some people up here to pray with you as we close the service. If you need prayer, if you're watching online, please contact us. Let us know you made that decision, and we'll contact you back. Bless your name, Lord. We thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yisa Adonai Panavelecha, Vyasem Lecha Shalom, Bisham Yeshua Hamashi Hamashiach Sar Hashalom. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Bless you.